Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Now, before we go too harsh, this is all done in the name of fun, he says to protect himself from the wrath of the fans. With that in mind, I am Sean Ferrick from Trek Culture, and here are Star Trek, the original series, 10 screw-ups from the first season. Number 10, The Enemy Within, Episode 5. The plot, a transporter malfunction splits Captain Kirk into two people. One good, one evil. With the transporter on the fritz, several Enterprise crew members are stranded on the planet below, whose temperature is rapidly freezing. The enormous screw-up. The Enterprise has shuttlecrafts. In fact, they have an entire hangar full of them. They could have easily sent one down to the planet and brought everyone back on board. The reason this solution didn't come about is because this episode was written and produced before the shuttles and hangar bays were actually shown on screen. Cough, cough, budget. Cool trivia. This was the first episode to show the Vulcan nerve pinch, as well as the first time McCoy says he's dead, Jim. Number 9. This Side of Paradise, a.k.a. the episode where Spock totally gets some. Episode 24. The plot. The Enterprise is sent to Omicron Seti 3, where a colony of humans have been destroyed by deadly Berthold rays. However, they find the colony not only alive, but all in beyond perfect health to the point where childhood injuries have repaired themselves. The head of the colony says it's because they're a hippie vegan commune lifestyle, man. And the planet's plant life is just that mondo groovy. Kirk hates hippies, so he makes them all stop and totally harshes their mellow. The screw-up. This is something that many shows, books and movies are guilty of. The discovery of something that would change the entire universe the characters are in, but is only used once and never referred to again. For example, Harry Potter's Time Turner, hmm, in the movies, it's mentioned in the books. This plant could heal disease and regrow missing organs and tissue. The implications for such a plant would change the entire Star Trek universe, as it's a cure for death and illness. To quote Judge Snyder at the end of the Simpsons episode, where it's revealed that Seymour Skinner had been an imposter all along, I further decree that everything will be just like it was before all this happened, and no one will ever mention it again under penalty of torture. Cool trivia. This episode was parodied in a segment on the Great Mystery Science Theatre 3000 episode Swamp Diamonds. Number 8, The Menagerie, episode 11. The plot. Spock kidnaps his former captain and hijacks the Enterprise to bring him back to the planet Talos IV. The screw-up is revealed early in the first episode of this famous two-parter that General Order 7 states that no member of the Federation may contact the planet Talos IV in any way under penalty of death. In fact, this is such an important law, according to Commodore Mendez, to do so is the only death penalty left on our books. The only death penalty. However, in Turnabout Intruder, episode 79, it stated that General Order 4 
is. Chekhov says that General Order 4 is the only death penalty left in the books. Well, which is it? This is more of a nerdy nitpick, I know. Maybe Chekhov misspoke, was not a nitpick, and actually a huge problem with the whole plot of the menagerie is that Spock's actions are completely illogical and fly in the face of his belief that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Spock's putting his own life in danger to take Captain Pike to Death Penalty Planet. At this point, Pike is confined to a wheelchair we can only communicate yes or no by blinking lights. Spock is a first officer of the USS Enterprise. You don't achieve such ranks without the understanding of just how important and valued you are and the importance of your duty. Aside from Spock getting the death penalty, he beats up engineers and security officers on Starbase 11, risks Kirk's career and risks Kirk's life when Kirk chases him in a shuttlecraft. Nearly losing all the oxygen in said craft, Spock does this all out of wanting Pike to be able to live out his life happily. Everything about Spock's actions in this case are completely emotional. Cool trivia, Captain Pike in the wheelchair, one of the most iconic images in all of Trek Kamen, has been parodied in South Park, Futurama, and actually returned in Star Trek Discovery. Number 7, Dagger of the Mind, Episode 9. The plot, the Enterprise founds that the head doctor on the Tantalus penal colony is conducting cruel and unusual experiments on his prisoners. The screw-up? This is the first episode to feature the now famous Vulcan mind melt. Spock refers to it as a hidden, personal thing to the Vulcan people, part of our private lives. Well, guess what? It's not. Spock apparently has a flair for melodrama and was just trying to pretend that this was some super cool double secret Vulcan thing that he did that all of his human bros wouldn't understand because he ends up employing it a ton more times in the television series and movies and several other Vulcans do it on every other Star Trek series there is and there was an entire plot line about it in Enterprise. Cool trivia, this episode was parodied in the South Park episode Roger Ebert should lay off the fatty foods. Number 6, Charlie X, Episode 2. The plot, a teenager with super telepathic powers wreaks havoc aboard the Enterprise. Also, Shatner is shirtless. The screw-up. After he amazes the crew with a ton of Chris Angel magic card tricks, Charlie walks with Captain Kirk to the turbolift. Kirk is wearing his usual gold tunic when they enter, and with the turbolift doors open to the bridge, Kirk is now in his green v-neck. Instead of viewing this as a mistake, I prefer to believe that while in the turbolift, Kirk took off his gold tunic and put on the green v-neck because he knows showmanship. I have to believe that Captain James T. Kirk understands that being a Starfleet captain is like being Cher. The audience expect and want several wardrobe changes. Cool trivia, the galley chef was voiced by Gene Roddenberry. Number 5. The Devil in the Dark, Episode 25 The plot. The Enterprise ties to stop a monster that is killing miners on the planet Janus 4. The screw-up. Kirk and Spock search through tunnels to find the Horta that has been killing the miners. At one point, Kirk says to Spock, you go left, and motions to his right, and then says, I'll go right, and motions to his left. Look, I know that's not that big of a screw-up, but it is one of the funniest. I just like it, okay? Get off my back. Go back and watch the episode, you'll see it and laugh, then you'll thank me. You're welcome, I accept your apology. Bittersweet trivia for this one. William Shatner's father died during filming of this episode. He was comforted by his good friend Leonard Nimoy on the set. In his book Star Trek Memories, he wrote that the episode was exciting, thought-provoking and intelligent, and it contained all the ingredients that made up our very best Star Treks. Number 4. The Conscience of the King, Episode 13 The plot. A Shakespearean actor aboard the Enterprise may be the mass murderer Kodos the Executioner. The screw-up. So, there's a dude named Kodos, and he was the governor of the Tarsus IV colony, and is responsible for the deaths of half of the colony's population. Now, there are 4,000 survivors, yet only 9 ever saw his face. 9. 3,991 of the survivors had never even seen a picture of the guy out of a colony 
of 8,000 people, that does seem pretty implausible. Cool trivia, the aliens Kang and Kodos from The Simpsons are named after Kang the Klingon and Kodos the Executioner. Number three, Balance of Terror, episode 14. The plot, the Enterprise and a Romulan ship battle one another. The screw up. This episode is an homage to submarine thrillers, specifically The Enemy Below and Run Silent, Run Deep, not to be confused with the adult film of the same name. There's a scene where both the Enterprise and the Romulan ship power down and play dead, waiting for one to make a move. While this is happening, both crews whisper to one another. This is a fairly common trope in submarine films, where everyone is dead quiet hoping to avoid detection from an enemy ship. However, this is Star Trek and it's in frickin' space. It's stupid. Cool trivia. This is the first appearance of the Romulans. Number two, Where No Man Has Gone Before, episode three, Asterix. Just really quickly, it's episode three because even though it's the second pilot, it was made in a different production order and released a bit later. Anyway, the plot. Captain Kirk's best friend gets godlike powers. The screw up. In the climactic fight scene, Gary Mitchell, who has godlike or Q-like powers, creates a grave for his best friend, Captain Kirk. However, the grave clearly states James R. Kirk. Now, even casual fans will be able to see this screw up as Captain James T. Kirk is established nearly as much as Bond, James Bond, has been. Maybe it was just an honest mistake by Gary, even though he's pretty omnipotent and, you know, Kirk's BFF. Cool trivia, this episode, as I said, is the second pilot, after NBC had deemed the original pilot, The Cage, too cerebral. Number one, Where No Man Has Gone Before, and The Menagerie. Well, you know the plots to these two, and we're kind of just here to have another little bit of a dig at them. The screw-ups. Spock smiles. In Where No Man Has Gone Before, Mr. Spock and the captain are playing chess, Kirk remarks, that Spock plays a very irritating game of chess, to which, in a clunky bit of exposition, Spock responds, Irritating. Ah, yes, one of your Earth emotions. While he says the second sentence, he smiles smugly, which sort of undercuts his statement completely. In the menagerie, on an away mission with his old crew in archive footage, we see him encounter some delightful plant life and beams a smile at Pike. Maybe Pike was able to make him feel very happy. Maybe that's why he did all of that illogical sh** in the menagerie. Obviously, this is because they were still figuring out the character of Spock. But it's still fun. Cool trivia, Spock smirks slightly in Mud's Women. But that could be explained away by the powerful allure the women give off. Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.